Cardiopulmonary resuscitation saves thousands of lives. Do you know what the current guidelines are? InfoTrack's Taryn McCall is here with the latest on what could be life-saving information. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. For decades, medical professionals have been taught the ABCs of cardiopulmonary resuscitation. We're joined by Dr. Donna Edelson, Director of Clinical Research for the University of Chicago's Emergency Resuscitation Center and a co-author of the guidelines. So what are some of the newer recommendations? Well, there are a lot of updated recommendations, some of them in very fine detail. One being the transition from the ABC mnemonic that we've become so familiar with to a CAB. And by that, I mean the airway, breathing, circulation, to moving to a place where we think about circulation, then airway, then breathing. And basically, that means that chest compressions should now be the first thing a rescuer uses rather than the last, right? Yeah, this is for trained rescuers. Compression should precede looking for airway and giving the first two breaths. For untrained rescuers in adults, we would recommend just doing compression-only CPR. Don't bother trying to do the ventilations. What are the reasons behind these changes? All the data that we've had over the years has really shown that every second without chest compressions is potentially dangerous. So we want to minimize any of those pauses. The idea of putting compressions first is so that we don't spend that time looking for airway and starting breathing where we're not getting circulation to the brain. All of this is really just to simplify that. And when we talk about lay rescuers, there's been more and more data over the last few years just showing that compression-only CPR is just as good, if not better, for untrained lay rescuers. Can chest compressions alone revive someone, or is that merely buying time for the medical professional to get there to help? We are just buying time, because depending on what the cause of the cardiac arrest is, there are lots of things that can cause it, but in a lot of cases, the ultimate treatment is defibrillation. And so you're just buying time by doing chest compressions until somebody can show up with a defibrillator, either a paramedic or potentially another rescuer who can grab an AED, What should someone do if they've not been trained in CPR, but someone near them collapses and they appear to need it? I would call for help first. If you know that there's an AED right there, grab the AED. If you don't know, don't go looking for it. Put your hands on the chest, right on the breastbone, and push hard and push fast and don't stop until help arrives. And how much time do you have to start CPR before something irreversible happens? Well, I don't think we really know the answer to that. We know that cells are dying right away. So it's just a question of how much damage you get. We know that, for example, in the lab, if someone goes into ventricular fibrillation and we shock them within a few seconds, they all come back. And we know that after several minutes of cardiac arrest, very few people come back. We aim to get CPR started as soon as possible, ideally within a minute or two. Are there any other significant changes in the CPR guidelines? We're now saying compress at least two inches of depth as opposed to the one and a half to two inches that we had recommended in 2005. We're also saying compress at a rate of at least 100 per minute. Just overall focusing on good quality, fast, deep chest compressions. Don't lean on the chest in between chest compressions, so make sure that When you come up in the up phase, that you come all the way up off the chest and you don't leave any residual pressure because that can be dangerous as well. If someone has received CPR training, would you suggest that they go back for a refresher on the new guidelines? 
it's always a good idea to get more training and to get a refresher because it's something that happens so infrequently. Most of us will never treat somebody in cardiac arrest. And so training's always a good idea. But not getting trained or having your training been having passed a while ago is not a reason not to do chest compressions or any form of CPR. Everybody should do chest compressions and whether or not you give ventilations is just a question of how comfortable do you feel doing it and are you willing to? And those are the two questions that you need to ask yourself. Do I know how to do it and am I willing to do it? Then by all means, add ventilations, give your 30 chest compressions and give two breaths and then do 30 compressions and give two breaths. And if you don't feel comfortable or you don't want to, then just do chest compressions until help arrives. But you got to do something. Good advice. Dr. Donna Edelson from the University of Chicago's Emergency Resuscitation Center and a co-author of American Heart Association Guidelines on CPR. Dr. Edelson, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. And that wraps up another edition of InfoTrack. You can find us online at TalkZone.com. InfoTrack is a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago. Internet services by Pair.com. Special thanks this week to InfoTrack reporters Roy Mackey and Taryn McCall. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer. And I'm Chris Whitting, inviting you to catch us next time for another edition of InfoTrack. <laughs> <laughs>